0: We're going to be talking about water today. Let it flow. flow. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Yeah, we're going to be talking about living water. So my goal, or at least the Holy Spirit's goal and purpose here is by the end of my sermon that you will feel empowered to go out and, and live a life for God. But first we're going to talk about some fun facts about water. (laughs) Amen. Can everybody hear me okay? That's even louder. There we go. Praise the Lord. So most of you probably know that we need water to live, Mm -hmm. right? We need water to live. I looked it up and for someone my height and size, I should be drinking 125 approximately fluid ounces of water a day. Now, not necessarily water, but liquid that isn't of the caffeinated coffee or caffeinated tea um, sort uh, that is a diuretic and gets the water out of your body. But any liquid you need to have, I need to have 125 fluid ounces per day. Now there's 28, um, uh, oh, I've forgotten the term. There's 28 of the metric in one fluid ounce, 28. It's gone out of my mind, so don't worry about it. (laughs) Milliliters, thank you. There's 28 milliliters in one fluid ounce, and I need 125 fluid ounces a day of water, of liquid. Now, if we're drinking water, but we stop eating any food, um, they've shown that will last. our bodies will last for approximately two to three months. So if we're still drinking water, getting those fluids in our body, we can last for two to three months. If we stop drinking water, stop intaking fluid that's good for our bodies into us, we last no more than one week. No more than one week. Now, in all the studies that, I, all the articles that I was reading, they made it very clear that they did not test this on people, <laughs> because that would be really unethical. Um, but when in, <laughs> they, they, when they, um, Say like something like when the, the World Trade Center towers came down and people were trapped in there and stuff like that. They were able to tell how long they were able to last. And they got all this information in, in certain places like this where people have been trapped and things. But very interesting. Only one week without water in our lives. Seven. Pardon me? Seven, Seven days. Hey, I didn't even think of that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> now, men... Are made up of approximately 60% water. Okay? And it, it fluctuates depending on if, if you get enough water in a day or not. Women are made up of approximately 55% water in their bodies. Slightly different. Yeah, slightly different. There's life in water. Yes, there is. We need water to live, mm-hmm. it brings life to our bodies, yes, it, does. it helps things flow in our bodies. Helps blood flow. It helps everything work in our bodies. Without that water, there is no life eventually after that seven days in our body. Amen? Amen. Okay, now take note of that because we're going to be coming back to that. Now let's talk about the power of water. Okay, the power of water. Who here remembers the Tom Hanks uh, movie Castaway? Anybody remember that movie? So he was through a bunch of events. He was on uh, basically a desert island in the middle of the in the South Pacific, and he was there by himself. And he was there for I don't know, I think approximately two years. And he wanted to he just wanted to try and get off the island and hopefully a ship would find him. But the problem was that he could build a raft because there was tons of logs on the beaches that, that he had on that island. But the power of the waves coming in to the shore all around that island that were so powerful on his own power, even if he made himself a paddle out of the wood and whatever else he could find on the island, there was no way he was going to be able to get up over those waves to get out past what they call the surf zone, Right? The, and and get into calmer water where it's where it's deeper and there's not as many waves. And then so he 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 gathered stuff as it would come a, come come to shore on this island. And one day this um, it looked like kind of part of a, a garden shed that we would have in our backyard, where you know you had the four sides and their metal sheeting sort of thing. Then you put the roof on it and got a bit of structure in it. And and kind of half of one of those came up um, on shore and he was able to build his raft and he had this and he made a sail out of it and when the wind was going the right way he was able to get up and over the surf. But that powerful surf made him not able to get out into the calmer ocean. Now, if you've ever been in the in the Pacific Ocean, on the shores of the Pacific Ocean, out on the east coast, or sorry, the west coast of Vancouver Island, or down the coast of of, um, of North America, like down to California or Mexico, when I was uh, when I was in cadets, uh, they were starting to promote Expo '86. Some of you may remember that or not. It was the World Exposition that, that Vancouver was going to be hosting in 1986. And as, as a band member in cadets, we um, started, went to do some promoting for Expo 86. And we were going to do it down in San Diego. And the men, or the, the boys, I should say, <laughs> we're all teenagers, we got to sail down on the HMCS provider, which was the... Um, Supply ship for the Pacific naval fleet. So there was the HMCS protector on the Atlantic side for the Atlantic naval fleet And then there was the HMCS provider and it was the supply ship. So it it was massive It was the biggest ship that we had in the Canadian Navy at that point It was like 500 feet long and it was massive and and it just had supplies for all the naval fleet so we got to sail down the the um, the West Coast of North America down to San Diego in this and we got off. Um, we 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 had sailed far enough that we were off the coast of Oregon, which is known to be the roughest and uh, part of the west coast of North America. Um, go all the way up to Alaska, all the way down to Mexico. It is the roughest part. The actual the U.S. Coast Guard does special training at the mouth of the Columbia River, which is right at right in, in Oregon. There, the kind of the. It, it comes out right at Washington and Oregon. And, but it's one of the roughest parts, and the, the U.S. Coast Guard does special training there for their small boats and stuff like that in rough weather. Well, we're down, and we're going down, and it, I can't remember what time of year it was, but um, they allowed all of us cadets that wanted to. We could go up onto the flying bridge. So there's two bridges on a ship. There's the inside uh, bridge which is all covered in glass and it's got a roof over it and stuff like that and protecting and got a whole bunch of stuff. And then there's the outside bridge where, and it, it has wings that go out and you can see um, down each the port and the starboard side of the ship. So we're standing out on this and we're off the Oregon coast. And the, So this is a 500 foot ship, okay? 500 feet. And this ship, the waves were so big and it was so rough that the nose of the ship, of the HMCS provider, was going down into the waves and then it would pick the wave up and the wave would come up over the ship. We would have to duck down below the, the railing on the flying bridge and the water would come over us. So we're about, we're about halfway back. So we're about 250 feet back from the bow of the ship, from the front of the ship. And this, the massive power of the Pacific Ocean at that point was just awestruck it was just it was amazing it was incredible and um, one of the fun things that we did while we were off there we played volleyball in the helicopter hangar because the helicopter crew and the helicopters weren't there so we're playing volleyball as we're going down but you would jump to hit the ball and the ship would go down so usually you're like, you know, six inches to a foot off, and all of a sudden you're a good two feet off of the ground. And the ship comes up, and so it was a lot of fun. But you see, <laughs> the power of the Pacific Ocean is, is immense. It's, am- it's, it's almost indescribable. And you can stand at the shore, and you can hear it. There's, there's, a, there's a constant rumble. Um, we sometimes go down to a place called Del Mar, In uh, just north of San Diego, and they have these amazing, like about 150-foot-tall cliffs and these beaches, and you're on the Pacific Ocean, and all you hear day and night is this roar of the surf coming in, the power of that surf coming in. It's just an amazing thing. Um, When I used to also volunteer with the Coast Guard in Victoria, do search and rescue with the Coast Guard, and and I was on one of the weekend crews, and we always went out for training. And it was the best to go out when it was rough and it was awful weather. And we would have full survival suit gear and and tukes and everything. And it was usually pouring with rain and really rough out and stuff like that. And we were in these thirty foot um, rigid hauled inflatable uh, uh, life or. Um, search-and-rescue boats with twin 250-horsepower engines on the back of them. And everybody on the crew had to learn how to in the boat, how to in the boat in case somebody went over overboard, the coxswain goes overboard, somebody else needs to take over. So we had to learn how to jump waves so that we could get out to the vessel in distress and get them hooked up and get them towed back in. So we had to learn how to, to um, navigate the power of the ocean and learn how to jump these waves, and make sure we didn't break the engines, and and break the boat, and flip the boat, and all that kind of stuff. And and and, so we spent a lot of time in 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 face to face with the power of this ocean. Now, take the Fraser River. Okay, we all are aware of the Fraser River that that um, that runs through the Lower Mainland. Do you, do you know that? at one point in history, it actually followed a different route. It actually followed a different route. And the way that, the reason that it changed is because the flow of that river is so powerful, it takes sediment or sand mixed with water with it and it pushes it down. So it starts somewhere up in the Rockies, um, um, in, in the interior of BC, and it comes all the way down. And by the time it comes down to the Lower Mainland, it's picked up all of this sediment. And I was reading an article that showed kind of over the last, I don't know, couple thousand years, just how it created what we call now Delta. Yes. And it was all the sediment that, that came out and settled when, when the river lost its, its force and its power and it came out into the ocean and, and it settled all of that sand. There's actually a picture, at, I used to work for the Port Authority, and their boardroom table is close to the size of almost the front area of our altar here, and they had a picture of the Fraser River that, and showed it was in a different, different spot going through the lower mainland. But the power of that water going through the Fraser River changed its course. Amen. You hearing that? Yes. It changed its course. Nowadays, they have to constantly dredge it. We have some ports that are actually in the river, Fraser Surrey docks. There's the Anacis Island car dock, where they, and there's another there's a Fraser Surrey dock, uh, another Fraser dock that takes cars, uh, brand-new cars over from, from uh, Japan and China and other places in Asia, and they come off, and they have to constantly dredge these shipping lanes so these ships can get up there because the Fraser River is still very powerful, always bringing sediment down. And as it slows down in the lower mainland, it drops the sediment and it fills up these shipping lanes. (sighs) One other example. And it's important for us to hear this about water. So we went to these uh, set of falls uh, a number of years ago. And... um, we're up and we're we're looking and there's this kind of this bridge across and you can see the falls and it would, it was um, raining quite hard when we went up there and there was lots of water coming over the falls. But I noticed something. When you turned around and you looked at a different angle, there was a part of the rock that was really, really smooth and it was concave. It means that it, it kind of indented and it went around a corner like this. And you could watch the water come over this waterfall and come across and come around. And it was hitting that rock. And the water was so powerful and it had been hitting that rock for so long that it, it, it had shaped that rock it had made it all smooth and it made it convex because that's where the water flowed in this river when there was lots of water there. And it, it was powerful enough to change the face of the rock. Because when you, when you stood back and you looked at the rock, you could see this smooth area, and then you looked above, and it was a jagged, normal rock where the water hadn't been hitting it. But the power of that water was able to change the face of that rock. Amen? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Luke chapter 5. And we're going to start in verse 1. And it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, him is Jesus here, to hear the word of God, He stood by the lake Gennesaret, and he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. So it's Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, or yeah, 1 through 3. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down, Jesus sat down, and taught the people out of the ship. So let's paint the picture here, okay? So we've got a nice sandy beach on this lake, Gennesaret. And the, he was on the shore, and he was preaching to the people. But they were, they were coming up, and there was lots of people, and they were pushing on him and pushing on him. And then he goes out into a boat. And not, he didn't just, like the boat was there at the shore at that point and probably tied up to uh, a tying post on, on the shore that's secure so it doesn't drift away. But he asks Simon, who is Peter, to push the boat out a ways from the shore. So, and then he sits down and he starts preaching to them. I'm like, well, why? Why would he push out from the shore to do that? Well, <laughs> God is an amazing God. And when God created the earth, he also created physics. <laughs> and what, what I found out, I looked this up last night. On the water, the air right that's touching the water and maybe a foot, foot and a half above the water is always cooler than the air that is about a foot and a half to higher above the water. Okay? You with me so far? Now, in air, at 20 degrees Celsius, sound moves at 343 meters per second. Meters per second. 343 meters. Just like that. Okay? Better than yeah, better than microphones. And it changes at 3 meters per second per degree Celsius. So you go... One degree higher to 21 degrees, you're at 346 meters per second. You go one degree lower, you're at 340 meters per second. And when somebody is out on a lake that's nice and calm and smooth, and they're talking, and they're speaking towards people, what happens is because of the change in the air temperature, I won't get into all the details because, well, it's quite complicated, but basically it takes those sound waves and it focuses them, it flattens them out so that they actually go further and they're more distinct. You can hear them better. Okay, this is actual physics in the world that God created for us. And back then, nobody knew about physics back in Bible times, but Jesus did. He knew to step out on there and he wanted to get his word across to those people. And he used the water. Amen. To get it to them. Okay? Isn't that awesome? That is so awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Now, actually in water when sound goes through water, it goes at 1,500 meters per second. Wow. Okay, so to put those in context for those who think in miles, one mile is 1.6 kilometers or 1,600 meters. So in water, so if this building was filled up with water and I'm speaking right now, (laughs) Visualize that. (laughs) Work with me here. Um, My voice going out is going at almost a mile, like 100 meters per second less than one mile per second. It's moving at one mile every second. One mile in water. Okay? So... That's a lot of facts. I am going to be getting to my scriptures and we're going to be talking about them. But you need to remember these things. Okay, let's go quickly just go over them. We need water to live. There is life in water. Water is very powerful. It can change the course of things. It can change the landscape of things. Right? It created what we now know as Delta. It is very powerful. It can change the shape of rocks. It can change the s- shape of things. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. And we can use water to speak. Amen. Jesus used it to speak truth. Amen? Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Okay, now turn to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. And we're going to be looking at verses 37 through 39. John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to have a drink of some liquid. John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. So in the last day... That great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. Okay, he didn't go, <laughs> kind of, kind of, <laughs> he did not cry. He was proclaiming, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. he was doing that kind of crying. Um, back in old times in Britain, they used to have what was called a crier, yeah, yeah. and they would go through the streets to make announcements. To all the people because they had no other way to get it to people. So it would be somebody on, usually I think on horseback or something like that, and they were the town crier. And they would, they would ride through the streets of the town making announcements. So that's what the kind of crying Jesus is doing right here. Okay? So Jesus stood and he cried. He announced, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. If we're spiritually thirsty, we need to come to him. We can get all of the physical liquid that we need to sustain our physical body, but we also need to sustain our spirit man on the inside of us. And here Jesus is giving us the answer to being not parched, to being spiritually um, satisfied. Amen? Amen? He that believeth on me on him, on Jesus, as the scripture has said. So this has been said before. Remember, John chapter 7 hadn't been written while Jesus was saying this. Right? So he's getting this from the Old Testament, from the Torah, from the the books of the prophets. I believe the other place that it's spoken of is in Ezekiel. So he says, as sorry, that's another scripture. Anyways. As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Mm -hmm. We can have rivers of living water flowing out of us. Amen. But now, rivers, multiple. Now, look, at. it's important that we see verse 39 as well. But he spake, but this spake he, so Jesus spoke of this, of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit which they that believe on him should receive. Yes, for, should. The, yeah. for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, What does that mean? So John chapter 7 is before the cross. Mm-hmm. The cross has not happened yet. Yeah. So Jesus is telling us, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So we have a promise of rivers of living water flowing out out of us. And he clarifies, or John clarifies, that that's talking about the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Now, we're on this side of the cross now. cross has already happened. Jesus has already gone to the cross. He's died for our sins and he has risen again so that death has no... No claim on our lives anymore, and we are spiritually alive, and we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And it says here that He spoke, He was speaking of the Spirit when He said, That out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. So, we have li- rivers of living water already on the inside of us. The question is, Are we letting them flow? Are we letting them flow? Are they coming out of us? Something for you to ponder yourselves and think about. Are we allowing what God has placed on the inside of us, the fullness, the richness, the entirety of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, are we allowing that to flow out of us? Are we allowing it to bring life to people? Are we allowing the power of it To flow out of us and change the course of people's lives. Are we allowing this to come out? To redefine things in people's lives? Are we allowing it to come out? Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Let's turn to Revelation 22. That's the very last chapter of the very last book of the Bible. So go to the concordance and turn left. (laughs) Glory to God. So we're in Revelation chapter 22. It's the last chapter of the book of Revelation. And we're going to be looking at verses one and we're going to be looking at verse two. And I think I'll read it out of the amplified. Do we have the do you have the amplified, John? Are you able to switch it? Verse one of chapter twenty two, then he, This is an angel that's talking to John at this point. And he showed me the river whose waters give life. Sparkling like crystal. Flowing out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Verse 2. Through the middle of the broadway of the city also on either side of the river was the tree of life with its 12 varieties of fruit yielding each month in its fresh crop and the leaves of the tree were for the healing and the restoration of the nations. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Then he showed me the river whose waters give life. We have life, not just our own life, but we have the life of God on the inside of us. We have the living life of God on the inside of us. I know I've said this already, but we need to hear this. I need to hear this. We all need to hear this. It is not in us to stay inside of us. It is not there to fester on the inside of us. If you take a travel mug like this. (laughs) I've used this before, but it's really good to see. And you drink most of everything that's in here. I've got some tea with some rice milk in it. And I drink everything that's in here, but then I... Forget about this travel mug, <laughs> and it sits on a, our one of our counters at our house, and it's behind some laundry or something like that. And I just I get busy and I forget about it. And two weeks later, Pastor <laughs> <throw it> <laughs> Gwen says you throw it out. Quite possibly. <laughs> <coughs> If I leave this with the remnant of my tea and milk in it, it's going to fester on the inside of it. (laughs) And it's going to start growing things that (laughs) that are not healthy for you to drink or eat. (laughs) And, (laughs) and, and, And... because this is stainless steel on the inside of it, it may not stain on the inside of it, but it's sure going to absorb the odors of it and stuff like that. And you, you just you, it, it's going to be just a, a nasty mess on the inside of it that you have to try and clean and air out and then clean again, maybe put some baking soda in it to clean it and give it a good scrub and try and get all of those microbes and biology projects that are on the inside of it out of there, Right. If if we don't let everything out of this, it's going to fester. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> if we don't let what God has placed on the inside of us Amen. out, it is going to fester. <laughs> Just like this travel mug. And things are gonna start coming up and out of you that are smell a bit nasty (laughs) when you speak. Some weird ideas are gonna start coming up and out of your mouth, is what I'm trying to say. If you, yes, because we're born again and spirit filled, it helps us. It helps us for our soul, our mind, will, and emotions to come into line with the word of God. It helps keep our flesh under the word of God, under our feet. Amen. Mm -hmm. But that's not all that it's for. And that's only really just a little bit of it, why it's on the inside of us. What God has placed on the inside of us is to go out, Mm -hmm. is to be let out, Mm -hmm. to be let out, to to be shared with people. Wherever we are, yeah. wherever we go, it may not look like scripture, you know, chapter and verse scripture, every time we speak about the truth of God, it may come out in plain English, but its root is the word of God. Its root is the river whose waters give life. Yes. It's that flowing water that comes up and out of us. Amen? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Sparkling like crystal, it says. Clear as crystal. As I was thinking about that part of it, I was thinking about how it's pure. This water that they're talking about is pure. There's no contaminants in it. It hasn't been sitting in a travel mug festering. (laughs) But it's pure. Pure water pure water. And as I was thinking about this last night and praying about it and and meditating on it, it reminded me of Jesus. One of the first times that a leper came to him for healing. Now, at, at, at that time, when somebody was leprous or had any ailment like that, they had to stay a certain distance away from anybody. They couldn't come near anybody. And so this leper comes up to Jesus and, and knows he's the Messiah and, and basically asks him, please heal me. I know you can heal me. Heal me. Now all of his disciples around him are freaking out. He is unclean. He is not pure. Okay? He is not pure. And according to the Old Testament, him being not pure... Touching you made you not pure or unclean is another way to say that. The Bible calls it unclean, but basically it made you not pure and you had to go and cleanse yourself and stay away from people for seven days and do certain, certain um, sacrifices and a whole bunch of different stuff. I've just been reading through numbers as I'm going through the Bible. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but so that's what everybody knew at that point. Right? Because they didn't know the Holy Spirit. But Jesus had the Holy Spirit. Not just on him, in him. This river whose waters give life was flowing out of him at that point. It was sparkling like crystal. It was pure. Okay? So, everybody's freaking out around Jesus at this point. What does he do? What does he do? He walks up to the person And puts his hand on him. Now the disciples are just going crazy. It's Like do you know what you're doing? Now you're going to have to go and stay away from people for seven days. And do all these things. But the purity of that living water that was flowing out of him. Was more powerful than the ailment. The leprosy that was making him unpure and unclean. And as he touched him, as Jesus put his hand on him, he was made clean. He was made pure. He was made whole. He was healed. Oh, glory to God. That's that living water that we have on the inside of us. The fullness of that living water. See what Jesus did? He had the holy he had that living water on the inside of him when he did that. We have that living water on the inside of us now that is more powerful, more pure than any ailment that somebody comes to us with. We don't have to be concerned about it. Now, our resident historian, Pastor Jason, can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was John G. Lake, somewhere in Africa, had the bubonic plague. In his hand? Yes. Yes? There's John Alexander as well, Lake, I think, is the one you okay. So John G. Lake. Had some plague in his hand. Okay? That was killing people. Yes. Left, right, and center. And Everybody was freaking out because he wanted to go into these isolation places. You know, we've just been through COVID and people had to be isolated and stuff like that. Well, they were having people that had to be isolated because they had no idea what this stuff was and how to fix it, how to deal with it or anything like that. And he's like, I don't care. I'm going in because God heals. He knew that life was in that water that was placed on the inside of him by the Holy Spirit that wanted to flow out so that it didn't fester. He wanted it to flow out so that it could touch those people and make them clean, make them pure, make them whole, make them healed. And nobody believed him. So he said, okay, put some in my hand and watch it under a microscope. And he puts whatever this plague was in his hand and they watched it under a microscope. It's sitting in his hand and it should infect him and kill him. And they watch it under a microscope and it dies in his hand. They watched it die in his hand. Why? Because he has living water, life-filled water flowing out of him that is powerful to change things. It changed the molecular structure of that plague and killed it. That's on the inside of us. That is on the inside of us. Are we walking in that power? Are we walking in that truth? Are we walking in that understanding every day of our lives? I'm only through the first half of the sentence. (laughs) Praise God. Okay. Praise the Lord. Then he showed me the river whose waters give life, sparkling like crystal, flowing out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Okay, so I have a question for you. Where is that throne right now? So just to put this in context, the angel is showing John a picture of heaven. The new Jerusalem, where you don't need a sun and a moon. Uh, If you read um, chapter 21, it gives you the context of this. You don't need the sun and the moon because Jesus is the light. Amen? God is the light. And it says, flowing out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. So where is that throne right now? What did you say, Lloyd? In us. In us. Exactly. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is the representative of Jesus and God in our lives and lives on the inside of us. We are that temple. We are that throne room, that that um, holy of holies that was in the Old Testament temple where God lived that is us that is where he lives now we are the holy of holies we are that temple that is where he lives right now glory to God and that is why we have rivers of living water flowing out of us oh hallelujah glory to God verse 2 Through the middle of the Broadway, or kind of like a road of the city, also on either side of the river was the tree of life. Okay, so we first hear about the tree of life from from Genesis, right? So now we're hearing about it again. The tree of life is on either side of this river. So to give you a visual idea of what it looks like, so if my head and shoulders are the tree and my hands and my arms are the roots of that tree and the podium or the um, the podium here is that river those roots come down on either side and are being fed by that pure river of life amen Amen. this is the this is the tree of life this is the life-giving tree Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Then what you read, it says, with its 12 varieties of fruit. It has 12 varieties of fruit on it. Twelve. Sometimes we can barely get one variety of fruit on the trees that we have in our backyard. (laughs) And they all look kind of mangled and misshapen and Sometimes they're good and they're sour or they... But this has 12 different fruits that are produced on this tree. This, living, this tree that is fed by the living water. Amen? Amen? I'm getting to something here. Then look what it says. Yielding each month its fresh crop. Praise God. This tree hooked into the, the living water that is flowing from the throne room of God is yielding fruit, 12 different varieties of fruit every month. Amen. We're lucky to get one variety once a year. <laughs> On our, our, we have two apple trees in our backyard. And some years it's really good, some years it's not. But consistently, this has got fresh crops every month of fruit of fruit being supplied by that life-giving water that is flowing from the throne in Galatians 5 in verse 21 and 22 when it says that when we're born again we have the fruit of the spirit living on the inside of us it's living It doesn't have to be developed. It doesn't have to be grown. Who here believes that the fullness of of Christ uh, that we can have here on this earth is on the inside of them? The full amount of Christ that we can have here on this earth is living on the inside of us. In that fullness, we have ripe fruit that is being supplied By that river of life, by that water of life that is flowing in us and out of us. Not fruit fruit that needs to be ripened, fruit that is ripe all the time, never ending, always a new crop. When we when we have to pull on the fruit of the spirit that's on the inside of us, we don't have to go and build it, plant the tree get it to grow, get it to produce fruit, so then, you know, a year down the road, okay, I can use the fruit of love of, of God in my life. It's already there. It's already there. We just have to yield to it. Right? That flow of water is a very powerful flow of water. We just have to yield to that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Self control. Amen. Amen? Those things are in us to share with people. They're in us to share with people. There's often times in my life where people can't understand why I'm always so happy. And I tell them it's because of Jesus Christ on the inside of me. I have got living fruit on the inside of me that helps me to have joy. Not just helps, it gives me joy that is my strength. It's there on the inside of me that I can call on at any point in time. When I'm feeling frustrated, I'm like, oh, Lord, I just thank you. I yield to that joy that is on the inside of me. And then as I yield to that joy, it starts to flow out of me in that living water. Amen? When I yield to that love that God's placed on the inside of me, it starts to flow out of me in that living water. Mm. hallelujah and it brings life to people makes them question their life why is my life so crazy and he's having a great time and he's in the midst of all the same crazy stuff that I'm in the midst of how come he's doing so fine in it how come you're doing so fine in it and I'm not I have a river of life flowing out of me glory to God you have a river of life flowing out of you that can touch other people's lives We don't want to let it fester. We want to let it out. We want to share it. Oh, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. And look what it says at the end here. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing and the restoration of nations. The leaves on the tree of life. In the the, uh, King James, it says, for the healing of nations. The leaves of that tree are for the healing of nations. We have healing on the inside of us. We have healing on the inside of us, not just for us, for everybody. It lives on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Because we live with that that water flowing out of us. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when we allow that water to flow out of us and to touch people with the healing power of God we allow it to go like talking over a lake and it goes far and it touches people's lives one of the things I I went and watched the uh, Jesus Revolution movie about Lonnie Frisbee and who was the other guy Greg Glory and Chuck Smith and I absolutely loved the movie but one of the things that um, really touched my heart, I read up on, on Lonnie Frisbee, um, what he did after he went, he, he left um, Calvary Church there, and he went to Florida, and he did some stuff in Florida. And then he came back to California and, and did some reconciling with people that he had hurt. But he was also involved in the beginning of the Vineyard Church. He was part of the Vineyard Church. Now, when I first became a born-again Christian back in my early 20s, I became a born-again Christian and learned about God through the Vineyard Church. And I I took a step back and, and I thought about it. I thought, Lonnie Frisbee, at that point, whenever back in the 80s, when they started the Vineyard Church, really had no clue how many people it was going to touch yeah. in this world. Mm-hmm. He allowing that, that, that river, that living river of water to flow out of him. And he, and he was part of birthing that church that affected my life. You know, 10 or 12 years later. And affected many other people's lives. We don't know how far us letting this living river of water flow out of us. Remember, it carries that voice. We don't know how far it's going to carry that voice of God, that truth of God, that healing of God, that love of God, that joy of God, that peace of God. We don't know how far it's going to to carry it. We have no idea. Our job is to say yes. Not let it fester on the inside of us, but allow it to come up and out of us. Because we really don't know how long or how far it is going to go. How many people it's going to affect. You think about, you think about, um, I always get this mixed up. Um, I believe it was when Peter was in jail. And um, the earthquake happens at midnight and all the doors come open. It Was that Paul? It was Paul. The, the historian says it was Paul. Um, Paul and Silas, I believe. So the earthquake happens at midnight. Whenever God has an earthquake, it's always good things happen. <laughs> doors open. Okay? Just in case you're wondering. The, um, the doors open and the stalks come off of them. And the uh, guard is going to basically kill himself because he knows he's going to get killed because uh, because everybody's been released. But Paul says, no, nobody's gone. It's okay. Don't do that. And he then gives his life to Jesus, and it says that right away they went to his family and got his family born again. So you think about... I often think about this. So... The earthquake happens at midnight, they get released, this guy, the guard wants to kill himself, Paul says, no, don't do this, but be saved, the guy gets saved, and then they go to his family, now his family isn't living in the jail with him, right, he's not there, they have to go to this guy's house, we're still in the middle of the night, so he goes to the house, and he wakes up his entire family, you got to hear what happened to me tonight, and his whole family gets saved right? Paul and Silas are just praising God there, right? Thank you, Lord, for being, that you use us, and whatever they're singing and praising God for, they had no idea what effect that was going to have within hours. An entire family is saved, and their life is now um, living the life of Jesus. Amen? Amen. We don't know how far-reaching, when we speak, we allow that water to flow and we speak over. We have no idea how far it is going to go. Mm-hmm. That's right. Amen? Amen? Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. We're constantly bearing fruit that is ripe, that is perfect, that is pure, that we can share with people. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This life is in us. To let flow out to other people. The unsaved. We come across unsaved Every day of our lives, people who are living according to this world are trying to do the best they can for the most part, but they're always falling short and they're always, they have to do it out of their own strength and their own power. But we have a living power of water that flows out of us from the throne room of God that is placed on the inside of us where the Holy Spirit lives. We have the truth. We have the answer. Jesus is the answer for them. We need to allow that living water to flow out of us. To bless other people. To bring healing to other people. To bring the fruit that has been developed on the inside of us. And always ready, always ripe. Always ready to be flowing out of us. We need to allow that fruit out of us. Oh, hallelujah. Revelation chapter 1 verse 15 says that Jesus, Jesus' voice is like the sound of many waters. Like you're standing on the beach on on at Long Beach on the west coast of Vancouver Island or Ukulet. And you hear that, that constant thunder of the ocean coming and hitting the shore. Never stops. It never stops. It's always there, that constant thunder. That thunder carries further than we can understand of that ocean, of the Pacific Ocean. No matter where you go down the west coast of North America, you will hear that thunder. Some, ta- some places more than others. But that voice of many waters is on the inside of us. Jesus lives on the inside of us. Oh, hallelujah. We have a voice of many waters that we can allow to carry and carry on and carry on through generations. As we as we train up our, the children in our lives, spiritual, natural, friends, neighbors, as we train them up and we allow that water, that living water to flow out of us, it changes the course of their life. Yes, it, does. it changes the course of their life. we can all think of people that have spoken into our lives that have changed the course of our life. And then as our life changes and we start to follow God and give ourselves to God and live our lives for God and allow that that water to flow out of us with its ripe, pure fruit to touch people's lives, to heal people. When we don't do the healing, God does it through us. Then it changes The course of other people's lives. It molds them like the water molded that rock. It changes course like the, in their lives, like the Fraser River changed the course, its course through the the lower mainland of British Columbia. It has a power like the open Pacific Ocean to touch people's lives. We all have that on the inside of us, every single one of us. I want you to say this after me. I, I have, living water have living water on the inside of me. On the inside of me. Today, Today I, choose I choose to let it out. To let it out. I, choose I choose to let it free. To let it free. I, choose I choose to allow, to allow its power, its, power its, ability to change, its ability to change, to flow out of me. I allow, I allow the, fruit the fruit that you have placed in me, that you have placed in me. Jesus, Jesus, to flow out of me out and, change, of me. and change, people's lives. change people's lives. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Jesus. Thank you for what you have put inside of us, Lord. Glory be to you, Lord. Glory be to you, Father. Glory be to you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327. Or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139, 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.